0: Hello and welcome to according to John. I just want to take the time today to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And I sure appreciate uh, your time and know that you're taking the time to listen to according to John, if this podcast has helped you please like share, subscribe, follow, uh, tell someone else about it when you hit that like button, It lets the algorithms know uh, that you like it, and it helps grow this podcast. So if you would do that, that would be fantastic and so appreciated. And today, I hope you enjoy the podcast. God bless. Ten reasons to go to church. Ten reasons to go to church. Why do you need to be here? You know, so many people, they come to church, uh, and and, uh, I will say this. People have a multitude of different reasons for why they come to church. Some actually come because they want to hear the Word of God. And, and what, what we see is a lot of churches aren't preaching the Word of God anymore. Uh, they're, they're doing feel-goods and, and, and poems, and, and we don't want to offend anyone. And, and, you know, obviously my goal is not to offend people. Uh, my goal is to preach the gospel. And then if the gospel offends you, then you, that's between you and God, and you have to fix it. So I sat down and I thought, okay, because uh, as I was researching this, uh, I even found uh, one place that said 100 reasons why you should go to church. And I thought, click, pass. <laughs> just, listen, I'm just going to settle on the top 10. And so as I've been researching this, and, and, I, and it's funny because I even found places that said uh, um, uh, one was 35 reasons why you should not go to church. <coughs> <laughs> and I was like, idiot, click. I was like, you know what I mean? It's, it's just in your brain. Uh, how do you even accept that? And, but that's what's out there, right? Satan wants to discourage you and not go to church. Why? And, and it's usually because um, when you're not in church, you are, you are the one in the prairie that's all alone that is susceptible to being attacked by the lion and taken down. You are, if there's a, a, a fire and you take a, a chunk of hot coal out of that fire and you set it all by itself, it's just a matter of time and not much time and that, that coal will go out, that ember will go out while the rest of the fire is roaring. And, and so most people are deciding to, to remove themselves from the fire, not realizing that is to your own death. The coolest part about it is you can take and get back in the fire and be restored and get hot again. And that's really what church is about, man. It's, it is about getting us connected to one another first to get us connected to God, then con- get us connected to one another, and then get us connected to the lost so we can get the lost connected to God, to one another, and, and we keep repeating the process. This is, this is why we go to church. So uh, all that being said, now I'll give you the 10 reasons, even though I just summarized it. <clears throat> you know, because the truth is Satan uses people and circumstances to disappoint Christians. Get him, I, listen, if, if he can bring confusion into your mind and, and get you to look at people, because I'm just going to tell you the truth is uh, people disappoint people. A- amen? Anybody ever been disappointed by somebody? Yeah, right? Uh, and, and here's the thing, because that's what happens. You know why? And especially since COVID, we have, we have increasingly, increasingly grown unforgiving. We have increasingly grown uh, uh, in the area of not taking responsibility for our actions. We have increasingly grown insecure. We have increasingly grown uh, into attacking uh, rather than forgiving. And so as as and the more time goes by and we have allowed COVID to set the precedents, because if you think about it, uh, it was what, three years ago that, that the pandemic I mean the pandemic hit. And, uh, and so when, when you look at that, and, and what was the whole purpose for it? The whole purpose was to divide. It was to divide and it worked beautifully. And people still haven't recovered from the divide. And I'm just going to tell you, as a church, we should be coming together. We should be reaching out. We should be drawing people back in, not allowing them to stay home. Because when you're alone, Satan will destroy your thinking. I'm, I, I'm brought back, and I'll get to this 10 reasons this week or next. And so, um, <laughs> and if I go over, listen, it's been a couple of weeks. You have to forgive me. Um, but I think about Abraham. And Abraham, uh, God told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. And so Abraham is submissive to God. Immediately he takes Isaac, and he's going to take him up to the mountain, and he's going to sacrifice him. Now, you don't read this in the, in the Bible But in other books, I've read this. And listen, I'm not going to tell you a scripture. I just find it interesting, uh, things to ponder, right? Uh, I read this in the book of Jasher. Some of you have I shared with before, but I'm going to share it again because it's great for my point. And by the way, I'm not saying the book of Jasher goes in the scriptures. I'm just telling you it really causes you to think, okay? Uh, The Bible references the book of Jasher twice. But in that, it describes... Abraham's journey of taking Isaac to sacrifice him. And on the journey, they come to this brook, a raging, raging brook, it says. And, and it was impassable. And Abraham stops, and he stops all of his men, and, and he says, I don't ever remember this brook being here. And then he tells his men, move forward. And as soon as they start to move forward in what looks to be impassable, the brook immediately dries up and they continue on. And and what you realize is Satan is putting things in his path to distract him to, to stop doing what God has called us to do. And he moves on. As you continue to read about that event, what you read is Sarah. So Satan... Because remember, Satan can appear as a a light, right, of good, as an angel of light. So he appears to Sarah, and he tells Sarah, Abraham has taken your son to kill him. Sarah gets wigged out, so to speak. And she starts getting frantic, and, and, and he does this in the form of an old man, an old gentleman. Sarah doesn't know what to do, so the old gentleman shows back up again and tells her again that Abraham is going to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, and then tells Sarah the direction that Abraham went. And as you continue to read, what you find is Sarah becomes very frantic uh, she kind of gets off the chart because she's made Isaac her God. She, she's, right, like he's, Isaac was a mama's boy because uh, Sarah couldn't have children, and then she finally has her own, and it's a son. And so now she's just full throttle in on, on Isaac, more than she should have been. And instead of trusting God and her husband, she believes this angel of light, uh, a Satan, who comes as an angel of light. She goes searching for Abraham, and then it doesn't take long. It ends up that she has a heart attack and dies. That's why Abraham had to buy land in a foreign place to bury her, because she wasn't home. She was out searching for him. And so, as you go through that, and, and, and I can take you through example after example after example in the scriptures where Abraham or, or where Satan comes in to distract. God's people from doing God's work so that God doesn't get the glory and we live a defeated life. That's, that's Satan's agenda. And he, does, he doesn't do it because he dislikes you. He does it because he hates God and he knows the best way to get at God is to attack what God loves. And that's us. And so you just see this throughout all of Scripture. And for people, one of the biggest things which just kind of blows my mind is that they get disheartened, they, they get hurt for whatever reason, and the first choice is to leave the church. Or people have problems in their life. It has nothing to do with the church, and they're like, I, I, I can't come to church anymore. I just got to figure out my life. And it's like, you're not hearing yourself, are you? And so they leave. Only for them to be in the desert by themselves, for Satan to full-on attack and destroy. That's what happens. And I'm just going to tell you that if we're not careful, we will do the same thing to ourselves. And so what happens, though, is Satan was going to do the same thing for us, and he gets us distracted by activity. Maybe not problems, maybe just activity. And so... Now, what do we have? Our kids. Oh, dear Lord, we got to have kids in 15 different sports, and they're only good in one. They stink at the rest, but hey, they want to try it, so we don't want to hinder their growth. Let's get them into everything and bring mass confusion to our house. I know nobody in here does that. I'm just like throwing this out there because other people do. And so then what happens is they get caught up in activities, and their children's sports, And all this stuff that goes with it. Or maybe it's just, hey, I work hard all week. I need a day to fix things around my house. I need a day for me. And the first thing we do is sacrifice church, thinking it's good for me. And the reality is, guys, uh, we get caught up in choosing the captivity of activity. And it literally is being captive. And guys, I'm just going to tell you, Today, I'm going to give you 10 reasons on why you need to get the junk out, prioritize. If your kids want to be in sports, fantastic. Um, here's what you do. You pick one they're good at, and you help them grow in that so that they become disciplined, they understand discipline, they focus. If you got them in 15 different sports, they're, 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 there's no focus in this. There's no, it's just everybody runs crazy. Stop your crazy train. Get them focused one sport. Did pastors say that? Yes. Is it biblical? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. it. <laughs> All right, number one, the first thing, the first reason that we need to be, uh, go to church is to hear the preaching of the Word. We need to go to hear the preaching of the Word. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so, guys, listen, where are you going to get the preaching of the Word? It's got to be in church. What's it for? It is designed to cut us. It is designed. You know, if you break a bone... When it heals, the break is actually stronger than the other part of the bone that was never broke. And so I'm just gonna tell you the word of God is designed to cut us, to bring us into a reality, to bring us into an understanding. And and, and when it does that, because here's what happens, this is what I mean by cut us is it helps us to see who we are and all of our deficiencies. And it helps us to see who God is and all of his strengths in picking us up. I'm telling you, it is uh, living and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing. See, that's what I mean by cut. It cuts us. It gets our attention. And so uh, you are to be here to hear the preaching of the word. And when people sacrifice that, they go and uh, they go on TV because (laughs) people want, they come to church today nowadays because they want to be entertained. I'm not entertaining. Uh, Usually I'm offensive. Uh, Not, not, not by choice. It just seems to be a natural thing of mine. And, and uh, uh, I, I think for me, the most important thing I can do is give you the Word of God. Because when it's all said and done, you're going to forget me and you're going to forget about what I say, but man, the Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and just keep doing a work in your life and keep molding you and plying you and, and just working with you and to move you. It's the Word of God that moves and stirs us. And so I, I was t- invited, most pastors, that, uh, oh, this is so crazy. Most pastors will not invite me to a pastor's conference, not even in this area. Um, and the reason that they don't is because, uh, well, there's several reasons, but one of them I was actually invited, I was actually invited to one. And my wife and I went, and like, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, this is good. Uh, well, it ended up being bad, but I thought going in, oh, this is really good. And, and we get into a discussion, and uh, the pastor was talking about, how music is the number one thing in church. And I tried. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I really did. You can ask my wife. I I looked at you and went, and my wife looked at me and went, (laughs) and I looked at her and went, and my wife was like, And I looked at her, and she just went, and I looked at him, and I went, are you kidding me? Music is not the most important thing in church. It's an accessory. It's like wearing a watch uh, when you get dressed. It's like putting on a nice shirt, but it's the Word of God that takes precedence. And in his church, he made it very clear. He is 45 minutes music, 20 minute sermon. And I made it very clear. You got it backwards. He got mad at me. And we'll just say I was never invited back. And I thought, Lord, this is what's wrong. And there was no other pastor in the room that would that would even stand with me. And I thought, Lord, this is what's wrong with the church. They want entertainment. Entertainment, you want entertainment, you get it all the time. You're on social media all the time. You're on TV, you're on Netflix, you're on Facebook. That's all entertainment. But you want something that's going to change your life that, that has some stick to to it. It's the Word of God. And so we go to church, to hear the Word of God. And I'm telling you, God has commanded us to preach truth. And the the things that I listed, just a few things that I listed about the Word of God is it penetrates hearts and transforms lives. I am not the same person I was from before I heard the gospel, not even remotely. And many of you are not either. Call sinners to Repentance. Repent. Repent. It encourages the downtrodden. Those who have just been beat down. See, the Word of God isn't just instruction in righteousness, but it's encouragement as well. But if we can't understand that God wants to make adjustments in our life, and all we want is encouragement, we miss the first part of it, and that is to repent, to understand our sinfulness and then go to the cross and get fixed, get healed from the cut, and then allow the Word of God to encourage us. And then we grow, and then we help others get through it. It inspires the Lord's servants to love and serve Christ. Do you love God? Then serve God. If you're not serving God, do you love God? And if you're self-serving, then you are completely on the wrong end and you need to be cut. Not from the team, just cut the bleed so that you understand, you heal and you get back into the fold. And then it lights the way God would have us to go. See, do you know why we know truth? Because the Word of God tells us what that truth is. And by the way, it's completely contrary to the world. If you look at what the world says is good and you look at what the Word of God says, they're like this, man. They just collide all the time. You have to get into the Word of God. And so it lights the way that we should go. When, when Paul was facing death, he reveals this thing to Second Timothy or to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2, the importance of preaching. And in 2 Timothy 4.2 says this. Do you have that one? Oh, wonderful. I'll read it. It says, preach the word! Exclamation point. So, so Paul is emphatic here. He's not just like a, a Timmy boy. Come here. So here's the secret. Preach the word. No, no. He says, preach the word! Why? Because it's the Word of God that's going to do all the work and change the hearts and the minds and the lives of people. It's the Word of God. Be ready. Timothy, be ready, man. Be ready in season and out of season, when you feel good and when you don't feel good, when the timing is perfect and when the timing is horrible. Be ready. Preach the Word. How are we going to do that? you got to get in the Word. you got to preach the Word. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all Long suffering and teaching. Now, we live in a society today where when you preach the word, they are uh, offended. And they're offended because the word says, No, you can't have that lifestyle. The word says, I made male and female, nothing else. The Word says that homosexuality is wrong, and it goes against nature, and it's an offense to God. The Word of God says that lying is wrong, and stealing is wrong, and adultery is wrong. The Word says that if you cause division in the house of God, it's an abomination to Him, and He'll have no part of it. The Word of God leads us, guides us, and directs us. That's how we know truth. That's how we understand truth. And now we have to make a decision, are we going to die to that? And if you don't go to church, you're not going to get that. And if you go to a church that's not preaching the Word of God, you're not going to get that. And so it's so important to come to church so that you get the preaching of the Word of God. I had someone one time, they left the church, and they said, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Uh, referencing my preaching, was telling them what to do. And I said, you missed it. You missed the part where it said, thus saith the word of God, or thus saith the Lord. You missed that part. Because you're so caught up in what you want, and the word of God was a sword that morning to that man and pierced him. And the only thing he knew how to do was to blame me for the truth of God, and then argue against me, nobody's going to tell me what to do. And he's not been back in church since, and that's been 10 years ago, nine years ago. See, guys, the preaching of the Word of God, man, that's what we need. And that's what Paul told Timothy, you preach the Word of God. Uh, Number two, uh, the reason to go to church is to participate in corporate worship. Guys, there's nothing like coming together, singing together. Some of you, you sit here, or you stand here when the music's going, you refuse to sing. It's like, really? You've already prepared your heart. Not to hear my word, but you prepared your heart against God. Some of you leave and you, you tell me on the way out, I didn't like that song, I don't like that style, I don't like this. I think you need to do this. I think you need to do that. I think, and I just want to go. I mean, that's, that's on the inside. I don't actually do it. It takes great restraint not to do that. Listen, I'm telling you, worshiping God is not just song. It's in prayer. We need to pray together. You know, when we have prayer services and people know that that meeting is on prayer specifically, it's always the least attended uh, uh, service in church and not just Connecting Point, but church worldwide? Do you know why? Pray, pray. Who prays? I don't pray. Oh, that's a boring service. Are you kidding me? That's part of worshiping God. Reading the Scriptures, that's worshiping God. You want to hear what He has to say. Why? Because He's important to you, and what He has to say is important to you worshiping is, is is corporate worship is us coming together singing together praying together talking with one another encouraging one another like this whole thing of worship of corporate worship is us coming together encouraging one another loving on one another lifting one another up for the glory of God that's why we need church and so when you sit there and you're all stiff and and irritated because Uh, someone didn't wave to you in the hallway coming in. I'm serious. I've had people leave the church. Why? Well, they didn't wave to me. Do you know they can't see? (laughs) And they leave the church. And it's like, oh, my goodness. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. And when we come together, it's not about our preferences It's about God's preference. And yet we get so caught up and I want it my way. So what do we do? We preach the next verse. Why? Because it's the word of God. Why? Because we gotta get everybody in corporate worship. And corporate worship is bringing everybody together through the word of God, in the word of God, to join God where he's at, not where we are. See, we we think we know what's best for us That's why every one of us in this room has such a messed up life or issues because we thought we knew what was best. Corporate worship helps us to see what's best and that it is the Word of God and what God wants. Uh, John 4.24 says this, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Do, Do you see that? not in music not in just prayer not in just what we want not in just the style or, or whatever it is we are to worship in spirit because our spirit bears witness with his spirit or his spirit bears witness with our spirit forgive me and truth what's truth it's the word of god and so we are to come together to get into that not to get what we are looking for people are come in a church and they're like pastor I'm leaving why are you leaving I'm not getting fed it's like, no, you're, you're getting fed. You're just not eating. You're just not eating. See, guys, we, we, we have this tendency to just want what we want. And what we really need to get focused on when we come together is spirit, uh, uh, worshiping in spirit and truth together and building one another and encourage one another and lifting one another up. Don't miss that. And so if we're going to be truly worshipers of God, man, we, that's going to require some soul searching on our part. Worshiping God comes as a response to our humble gratitude uh, for how much He loved us. It's not self-serving, emotional experience. Number three, boy am I behind. Number three, because iron sharpens iron. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance Of his friend. Guys, we're to come together and help one another. For some reason, churches feel like they come in and they got the right to point fingers to judge, blah, blah, and I I just, it's so disgusting to me. Praise God, we don't have a lot of that in this church, and when we do, I put it out, it's like a fire, I put it out immediately. And and the reason is, is because I'm telling you, we're to come in to encourage. Why complain? Do you realize that they have a problem just like you have a problem? Why don't we just go up and say, hey, can I, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? Wow, you seemed irritated today. Can, let me pray for you right now. Mm-hmm. No, nope. what we do is we're like, did you hear? Did you see what they did? I'm, well, let me tell you, don't, don't tell anyone, but. And what you don't realize is that person's like, don't tell anyone, But, and then that person's like, dude, I heard this, but don't say anything out loud to anyone else because we don't want nobody to know. And before you know it, everybody knows. Why? Because people. No, we don't do that. You know what we do? We take it to the Lord. We pray with them. We encourage them. We get them stronger and healthier. We don't tear them down. And since COVID, what did did COVID teach us? COVID taught us this. Oh, if you see anyone not wearing a mask, call 1-800. If you see anyone not social distancing, call 1-800. What did they do? They taught you how to talk about people and destroy people rather than go along and help them. See, Satan is divisive, and we're going to get into more of this. But why do we do that? We're to sharpen one another, encourage one another, lift one another up. This should be uh, an environment where, even if 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 a problem comes through the door, by the time they leave, they've forgotten their problem because we just loved on them, prayed with them, and, and took them to the cross. Not you 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 got a problem? I, I pray for you. God bless you. You have oh, stay away from that one, <laughs> right? Why why do why would we do that? Totally contrary to the word of God. Totally contrary for the reason one of the reasons that we come to church. Now, that being said, listen to me, if you constantly, constantly are a problem, have a problem, whatever, and you refuse to be lifted up, you're part of the problem. Stop that. You come in and lift people up, you'll forget your problems. And if you won't forget them, you'll draw more people to you to help you get through them if you're willing to get through them. But if all you are is a, uh, oh my goodness. Dear Jesus, take them home and have a discussion with them. I mean, not really, but you get what I'm saying. Iron sharpens iron. And so we are to come together and we are to help one another and not allow Satan and his tactics to divide us and to conquer us and to deceive us. Number four. All right, here we go. Number four. Uh, exercise your gift. We're to come together to exercise our gift. See, God has given us gifts, Romans 12, 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Listen, if everybody in here was a pastor, it would be an ugly church, (laughs) Mm, right? If everybody in here had the same job and did the same thing, that would even be ugly, Because nobody would even agree except for on a few things, and then everybody else has a better idea than someone else, and now we've got to show we know more than the next person. (laughs) Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Do you realize that it used to be 80% of the people do, or or I'm sorry, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Uh, That's been pretty consistent throughout the history of the church. And, um, uh, well, the American church. And then it, uh, it went to uh, 10% do 90% of the work. Because more and more people are like, I've put my time in. Or, I don't have time for that. Or, well, I'm waiting on God to show me. No, you have a gift. My gift is talking. I have a gift of Talking. I think God's given me the gift of teaching. So I want to exercise that gift, and I try to do it everywhere I go. And many of you, you have gifts that God has given you. And you don't see the gift that God's given you for one of two reasons. One, you're not looking for it, or you don't believe God's given you the gift. Or two, you're so interested in what you want that you're not paying attention to what God has for you. I didn't want to be a pastor, did not. As a matter of fact, when God told me in 2002 that I was going to be a pastor, I was like, Lord, you got four years to change your mind. Because That's when I was in school, he had told me when I was in college. And then he never changed his mind. Why? He was like, no, this is, this is what I have for you. And I could have ran from that. But instead, I was like, okay, Lord, use me empower me, teach me, help me, because, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't see that. And it's not what I want. What I really want is to be an evangelist, because then I can go into churches, I can blow them up and leave. <laughs> right? And, it, it just, it, and Because then I'm never going to see them again, of those who hate me and those who love me, they'll follow me on Facebook. It's going to be a grand life. And God's like, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to be a pastor. And so I I have to exercise my gift. I have to use it. And guys, I'm telling you, you have to use it. If you're not using your gift, you're not helping the church grow. You're not helping your fellow church. Uh, brothers and sisters grow. You're not helping reach the community like you're not doing because when we all come together, it's amazing what we can accomplish when we are after the will of God and not the will of self. And so you pray about what gift you would have that God has given you, ask God to show it, and then be willing to use it in and with the body of Christ. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says this, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, this is Paul talking to the church of Corinth, telling them that, listen, all your gifts need to come together for the profit of everybody in the church. Guys, the minute we stop being self-seeking, looking for the feeling and the emotion that's going to move me, I don't care what moves you, as long as I get moved, as long as I get what I want, as long as as we have that mentality, uh, everyone's going to struggle. Everyone's going to struggle. And so we need to understand that it is for the profit of all. And when the church body is healthy and the members realize that we're part of one another, uh, we understand Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And remember, good is not good what we determine good. Good is God works. Remember when they said, when when the rich young ruler looks at Jesus and uh, he says, Good teacher. And he says, Why do you call me good? There's none good but God. So we understand good is a direct reference back to God works. Right? So uh, created in Christ Jesus for what? God's works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so, guys, we need to be serving one another. We need to be exercising our gifts. And some of you are like, ah, oh, because it's that, remember that me mentality that I was talking about earlier? Uh, and you're like, oh, nobody needs me, nobody wants me, I'm really not, blah, 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 blah. And you know what that is? Satan's got you deceived. Look here in Luke ten two. Then he said to them, this being Jesus, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. God's like, you know what? We don't have enough workers to do what needs to be done. We need more workers, and you pray for more workers, and you pray for that to be you as well. And so if you're sitting there going, they don't need me, I'm going to poke you in the eye with a number two pencil. Okay, I wouldn't really do that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, never mind. Kids don't do that at home. Okay. But look, the laborers are few. Pray for more workers. Some of you have taken yourselves out. Why? Because you only care about you. You go, that's not true, pastor. No, that is the truth. You can leave the church because you got to go find yourself. No, you just went and got lost. Because the world is lost, and if you leave the place that gives direction and insight and clarity to go into a place that is, has no clue of what they're even thinking and, or doing, you just went and got lost. You didn't help yourself. You didn't help anyone. You didn't help your family. You didn't help your children. You didn't help your parents. You didn't help anyone. You can't go where nobody know, has a clue what's going on. You've got to get in where God is in control. And the Word of God is preached. And the things of God are preached. And we sit there with an attitude like, Lord, take me out of the way. Use me, Father. I need to hear from you, Father. I need direction. I need clarity. And I'll be patient until you show me. Right? That's what we got to do, guys. Number five. To encourage your pastor. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, when you come in here and you're like, Pastor, like today, Pastor, I missed you. Pastor, I've been praying for you. Pastor, I love you. And it's not putting me up on a pedestal, guys. You know what you're doing? You're, you're, you're lifting me up to encourage me and to strengthen me. Because here's what I know. The minute I go up on a pedestal, God is just going to go Whack. He's like, what, what are you doing in my spot? Don't do it again. But you're encouraging me. Guys, I'm telling you, a pastor needs encouragement. Look here at what Paul said to the church of Philippi who partnered with him in Philippians 1, 3-7. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making a request for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And you know, as the fellowship is in the gospel. Like that's the glue, guys. That's the power. That's everything. It's the gospel. And so until the, the first day until now. Being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just that it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart and as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. And one of the greatest feelings that we can have, and I'll say this as a pastor and it goes to individual as well, to know that we're not alone to know that we're not fighting the race alone to know that we're not it's not if it's going to be it's up to me nope you throw that mentality out if it's going to be god you better get involved because otherwise it's going to be a train wreck that's the mentality that we got to have And so when you get behind me, and you encourage me, and you're like, Pastor, I want this church to grow as much as you do. Pastor, I want the lost to be found. Pastor, I want people to walk closer to Jesus. And you jump on board with me, and I'm on board with God's agenda, we will change the world. And so part of coming to church is to encourage the pastor. And I'm just going to tell you, uh, pastor needs encouragement. One of the things I have found out, I am not complaining, I am not whining, I am not making an issue of it, but one of the things that I have found out is one of the loneliest jobs in the world is being a pastor. I'm just going to tell you. you got, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing to me um, of what it is. And, and I'm like, okay, Lord, because there have been times through my ministry, whew, I've never felt more alone in my life. I've never felt more beat up. Um, abused, uh, accused, uh, you name it. And then I go home. Yes, I cry about it. I'm okay. And then I'm like, Lord, you know what? It's your will, not my will. Father, just help me to constantly die to you and get through this fight, carry me through, because right now I can't walk. And there's, there's do you realize? Um, right now, I think it's 1,800 uh, 1,800 churches a month or a year. I'm sorry, 1,800 churches a year uh, are closing in America, and I think the number is actually up. That's an old number. 300 pastors a month are leaving the ministry, leaving it. I just want you guys to know. <clears throat> Satan doesn't carry enough for me to leave the pastorate. I'm not going anywhere. And you know why? Because I settled in my heart that I'm going to do what God called me to do, and I'm going to exercise my gift. That doesn't mean I don't get my butt handed to me on a platter, and I don't go home and look at my wife and go, I quit, and I'm not going back, and I'm done. Or get up on a Sunday morning and look at my wife, and I go, I'm not going to church today. I don't feel like it. And she's like, Okay. And then, as she's on her way out the door to come to church, she's like, "Don't forget, you're preaching today." (laughs) Right? Listen, my pastor used to say all the time, "You can want to quit all you want, just don't do it." And sometimes I want to quit. I'm like, I'm done. I'm I'm not. I look at my. Matter of fact, I told my wife one time, "I'm so done." This is back in 20. This has been 2008, nine, somewhere around there. Seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. I told my wife, I was so mad, I was so mad, I was like, mm. and I call her up and I said, we're getting out of New York, you pack whatever you want, you put it in the minivan, meet me in Ohio, I'm on my way there now. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Remember that number two pencil? I'm halfway down, I say halfway down 90, I'm between here and it's on 90, running 90, forgive me. <laughs> and God's like, okay, you can leave now. You, you're going to leave, and then you're going to miss all the blessings I have for you. You're going to miss every, blah, 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 blah. And he goes on all this rant, and I'm like, okay, God, I'll go back. <clears throat> so I go home, tell my wife, or I call her, stop packing. I'm, she's like, I never started packing, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> encourage your pastor. Well, I hope that that podcast was a blessing to you. And again, if you would... Please like, share, subscribe, follow, and uh, tell a friend about it. And until next time, God bless.